Okay. Blog Talk Radio. Well, welcome to. Got a little echo there. Welcome yeah. to Blog Talk Radio's Off the Shelf for Saturday, and it is May the twelfth. I can hardly believe it. Oh my goodness, the middle of May already. Thank you, thank you, thank you to our Off the Shelf listeners here tuning in from Blog Talk Radio and Blake Radio, where we also air on two different radio stations. So thank you for joining us here this morning. As always, it is truly a joy having you here with us. For those of you who have been with us for almost eight years, been on the air almost eight years, I want to thank you to our loyal listeners. And the numbers of loyal listeners off the shelf receives has grown tremendously and just keeps growing and growing and growing. So thank you all. For those who just stopped in for the first time, this is your first time ever tuning in to Off the Shelf, I want to introduce myself to you. I'm your host, Denise Turney, and as I always say, I'm coming to you live from the city of brotherly love, the one and only Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And again, I thank you for your support, and I encourage you, my friend, don't let another day pass. Do this today before you pick up a copy of Long Love Pour Over Me. Love Pour Over Me is my latest book, which came out in March 2012. You're going to get so much from this book. You're going to get entertainment. You're going to get inspiration. You're going to get uh, more understanding about relationships between a father and a son, a man and a woman, and a friend. You're also going to get mystery because there's a murder mystery that goes on in Love Pour Over Me. But the number one thing you're going to get is a celebration and deeper understanding of love, the most powerful and the only true force that there is in the universe. You're going to want to get this book. It's about 314 pages. It's available right now in ebook, any digital retailer, Amazon, uh, Google, Google Books, uh, uh, Barnes & Noble, so Kindle, Nuke, Kobe, uh, iTunes, Kobo, I mean iTunes, e- you can get it at ebook it. You can go to my website and also get it in the website is com. If you go to Facebook and you click on Denise Turney and then love the Love Pour Over Me page, you can check out the uh, the new book trailer that Ty Webb and Creations created for Love Pour Over Me. You can also go to YouTube and pull it up and watch it. You're going to want to get this book, so why not treat yourself? Why not treat yourself or your mom for Mother's Day and get a copy of Love Pour Over Me today? It'll be out in print soon, and it'll be available at all bookstores. And if you don't see it on shelves, just ask the clerk for it because it's carried by the largest book distributors in the world. And now, let us go for the moment you have been waiting for the reason that you tuned in this morning this Saturday morning, let us meet our special guest. Today's off-the-shelf featured guest is Sharon Clarkson, and Sharon is the CEO of Clarkson Books, an entrepreneur, small business owner. She is also a professor at the College of Southern Maryland and the author of the book, My Dream. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Sharon. Thank you, Denise. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to your audience. Oh, and we're and so- um, especially your listening audience, you know, I'm a new and up-and-coming author, and I just um, uh, put together my book, My Dream. It's a book of poems. It's my first book, and I'm really excited about it. Um, in addition to that, I have a second book that I'm going to release in October of this year, 
and it's a continuation of my dream. It's called My Dream Continued. So I'm, I'm really excited about being on today. Oh, well, I, and it's good to see that you're, you're not only writing one book, but you have already taken the steps to start writing another book, and that's a great way to build a reading audience when you just keep coming out with new work so people can keep up with what you're doing. Would you please, to begin, introduce us, introduce our off-the-shelf listeners to Sharon Clarkson. Where are you from, and has it always been your dream to earn a living as a writer? It's always been my dream to, and and I've always loved to write. I'm originally from the Washington, D.C. area. Okay. I'm a native Washingtonian, grew up here most of my life. Um, I'm a military wife. Um, we're a military family. And um, I work for the College of Southern Maryland since 2006. Um, there I teach personal enrichment classes. I teach people how to seek and get employment. I teach them how to update their resumes. And I also teach a class in um, basic computers. My background is information technology. I'm trained in information technology, and I worked several years in that area, but I've always loved to write. And I was the I was the historian in the family. I was the, um, the um, storyteller in the family. And like I said, I've always loved to write. But as some as I've told other people, I ran in the opposite direction of my affection, <laughs> and I did other things in life. And now I'm I'm turning back to what I really and truly get a lot of pleasure from, and that's writing. And so I knew when um, God sent me these poems, they couldn't just simply stay in my head. They had to be written down. They had to be spoken. And I had to start this journey, and I'm telling you, it's the best thing I've ever done. Wow. You know, it's amazing when you know you're on the right track, you're on the right path, and you're living in your purpose. People say they feel empowered, and they feel impassioned and, you know, excited. It's just a difference between doing something uh out of a feeling of maybe fear, taking a job because you're afraid if you don't bring in enough, you know, have a regular income coming in, you could lose your home or something. And then there's a difference between doing that and doing something simply because you absolutely love it. You're and it feels different. I wanted to ask you. I know you're also a professor. And congratulations to you on that. Um, where where do so you teach at at at, at the um, at the College of Southern Maryland. Yeah, where where is that, first of all, and what subjects do you teach, and, and why and how did you get into to teaching, and how does teaching help you as a writer? Oh, oh, it's all part of um, writing. Um, how I got into teaching was I approached this university on my own. You know, some things you got to go out and just take the initiative. Because right. I like to write and because I like to speak and share information with others, I believe that you know, if you know something that someone else is, someone else doesn't know, share share the information with them. Um, help them learn something new, and maybe they won't make the same mistakes that you have. So teaching was something that I really felt passionate about. I approached the university, and I said, I have a couple of classes that I'd like to teach. I know people would benefit from it. The university would make money, and and I would as well. And it's it's turned into a great partnership. Now, wow. Think, yes, it really has. And and I I made a proposal to the university. They accepted my proposal, and now I teach uh, about three classes. My twice, goodness! 
Mm-hmm. I still I teach three classes twice a year. I still have a regular job. I haven't given up that job, but I don't see why I can't pursue my dreams at the same time. You just right. have to until you can get there. So, wow. so what I've done is um, I, I told the university what I'd like to teach is basic computer classes because, again, my background is in information technology. Right. And also I I know I could help people find employment because I know – some other shortcuts in looking for for employment myself, and they agreed. And I'm telling you, these classes are always filled every time they're offered. Oh wow! Positive feedback. Um, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Like I said, I've been there since 2006, so it's going on about six years now. Wow, good for you that you actually put a proposal together. I know I've done that at community colleges as well. And for for our listeners who are interested in doing that, I know someone who got a job. Now they knew somebody who was. I think it was Rutgers University in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. They knew somebody who worked at Rutgers who could, you know, net, network them in a little bit, put in a word for them, who also taught there. But, you know, you go in, you put your proposal together, and that's how some people get their teaching jobs. Uh, schools don't always go out and find those professors on their own. Sometimes those professors come to them. So I commend you on that. That that, that reveals a lot about you, that you are a go-getter. You don't just sit back and wait for things to happen. If something's not happening that you want after a while, you're like, you know what, i got to do something different. So let me let me do that. I Did felt you... so passionate about it, and I think yes. they saw, you know, my passion and dedication. So I think that's what convinced them. You know, I had to sell myself, of course. Right. But mm-hmm, it, it, it did work out. Without giving away too much of the tips you share in the class, and it just popped up into my head, this wasn't something that I came up with that I was researching for your interview, but could you share like maybe two to three tips with off-the-shelf listeners who are looking for work on some shortcuts they could take to get a job? I don't want to go full length into your course, but just two to three quick tips that they might benefit from. I can share with you the biggest one that that a lot of people don't think about is that that piece of paper, that rep- resume represents you. You have to look good on paper. Mm-hmm. So you want to give them the right amount of information. And I've seen so many resumes that just don't reflect the person on paper properly. I mean, you you are just a piece of paper, so you, that paper has to talk for you. So I would say put your education up front. Don't be shy about your education. If you're achieving, a, a, you're going out and getting additional training, that's great. That's wonderful. Give yourself credit for it and put it right up front. If you have a certification, if you're going towards some type of degree, put that right up front. Say you have acquired the additional skills needed for this position. And tell um, in your resume why you think you meet the skills and qualifications needed for that job, meaning match the two up. Just don't give them a generic resume with everything you've done in your entire life. Tailor that resume towards that job that you're applying for. Those two things, I think, will make a difference. Wow. You know what? The one you said, well, both of them, tremendous. And this is from personal experience as a as a as a freelance writer, tailoring that resume and that cover letter. Mm-hmm. Tailor yeah. that resume and that cover letter toward the job you're going for. And some people, if you have experience and like I do, I do in human resources and in writing, you might want to create two separate resumes. And then Absolutely. when you yeah, and then when you're going for your writing jobs, you'll send that communications resume and when you're going for your hr jobs you'll send that hr resume yeah but yeah and then the cover ladder make it make it so that people know you actually researched the company and it's not it's not just a a basic cover ladder 
some just state something about their website, state so they'll know you really you did some of your homework. That that goes a long way too. I wanted to ask you, did you have teachers and family members who encouraged you to write? You said you always loved to write, but did you have mm-hmm. people in your family as you were growing up as a little girl who encouraged you to write? And if so, could you tell us about some of these people and the impact they've had on your personal growth and writing career? Well, you know, it always starts with your family, and I've always getting, give, uh, gotten 100% support from my parents. Um, my husband as well has been 100% in, t- in terms of helping me get where I want to get. Um, you know, my family, they're not readers, but they encourage me to read, to write, to go after whatever I wanted to do in life. And that made a difference, the, the fact that they were supporting me. Because you're going to have people along the way that may not support you or may not like what you're doing, but that's okay. You keep going, and don't let that, that stop you. But, yeah, my down to my grandmother, who she's also the, the storyteller in the family, and we would just talk about the stories, things that had happened to her, and I would write those things down. So after I finish with this book of poems, I have the first book, My Dream, and then I'll continue with the second one, My Dream Continues. I have several novels that I'm going to write. And wow. There are so many stories that need to be told. And I tell people that as I go around and I host my book events and I perform, I also perform um, several poems in my book. I, you know, I tell people everyone has a story, everyone has a book in them. And I give out as free gifts, pencils, pens, and I also give out a writing pad. And I tell people, write your story down. Don't let it die. Something that's happened to you in life or something you want to share with others that could help another person. Yes. Well, have a story to tell as well. Yeah, and you can. so when I decided to, to write this book, like I said, God sent me the poems. I put them all together in this book, and, and I had to encounter the publishing world. You know, should I have someone else publish it for me or should I self-publish it myself? And I have to tell you, self-publishing is one of the hardest things I've ever done. Wow. It's one of the hard. It's not easy at all, but I'm so glad that I took that route and I did it because I I had all these ideas and what I wanted, and I was able to implement my ideas. I had control of the design of the book. And along the way, I learned things to do and things not to do in the next one. But it was such a great experience, but it was so difficult and hard, and I ran into some people that were not willing to share what they had learned. And I decided I was not going to do that in my events and any opportunity I got. I was going to share with people what I had learned, that maybe that wasn't the right route, maybe you should take this one, this might help you better. And and as I'm going out on these events, it's making a difference. You know, some people are really encouraged that, They'll tell you, yes, you know, I have a story to tell, but I've been procrastinating about it. And and so, it, you know, what I've done encourages others to do it as well. You know what? That That is something. There have been times when I, I came across something that I thought only I knew this little tip or whatever. And there have been times in me when I felt like I don't want to tell nobody else because I want to mm-hmm. get as much out of this as I can. But I know that's scarcity thinking, so I tell myself, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Cause that's not that's not going to get you more. It's actually in the long run probably going to you're going to end up with less. But I, I generally when somebody asks me a, a new writer, I am excited mm-hmm. <laughs> because the truth is the information that we think only we have in the internet. I think is proving this more and more. 
we're not the only ones with these ideals and this information. There's thousands of other people who have it. You just haven't met nobody else that you, you've met who has it. You're not the only one with this information. And the person who does share it freely, they can maybe make a lot of money off of training courses, whether they do it via video in person or, or do some type of a, a workshop, like I'm going to be at Promo Day mm-hmm. that Joe Lindsay is putting on. Uh, on next Saturday on May the 19th, uh, and, and that's free to any any writer. There are going to be some pretty big names there, mar- marketing folks, publishers, PR folks, authors, editors. Again, that's promo day, and that's on the Internet. That's free. People who do that kind of stuff get more support. So saying I'm not going to share something with you like you ran into, that, that, will, that could hurt you in the long run. You're not the only one, I'm speaking to listeners, who has the information that you have. You're not. And somebody else will share it and, and make a lot of money off of the way they share it while you think you're keeping some gold nugget to yourself that you ain't the only one who even has. Um, I wanted to ask you next, when and why did you create S. Clarkson Books? And I know you said that self-publishing has proven to be quite a bit of work. I've, I've interviewed best-selling authors. Actually, just interviewed a, a, a woman who made the New York Times bestseller list three times uh, for for a magazine that I write for, and she said, you know, and I've heard so many writers say this, and and I know there's some personal experience as well. The real work starts after you publish the book, because you got to market it. You got you got to get out there, and you've got to hustle, because you got to sell the book, and you've got to tell people about it. On average, when it comes to marketing, you have to tell somebody about your product or your service probably close to yeah fifteen to fifteen to eighteen times. So you mm-hmm. got to tell one person fifteen to eighteen times. I'm not talking about your family who's doing it just because they want to support you, but fifteen to eighteen times before they'll even buy your book. Fifteen to eighteen times they got to see it on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. They they got to see it in ads. They got to see it in your newsletter. They got to see it at your website. Hear it on a radio interview, a television interview, press releases. One person that many times before they say, you know what? I guess I will buy this book. <laughs> so it is it is work. I wanted to ask you: the so when and why did you start S. Clarkson Books? Why did and did you try to go to a, a traditional publisher? Um, I started X Clarkson Books, um, I think it was December of 2010, so I've been in business for a couple of years now. Okay. And I started it really as a platform for for my writing, Um, but I'm going to open it up as a platform for other authors' writings as well. But it started out as an online retailer of books, but it's my books. And um, I think that later on I'll open it up to 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 more writers, but did I go and approach other publishing companies to get my book published through them? Yes, I did. And something in the back of my head kept saying, this is just not the right thing to do. Wow. Um, And I took the hardest route, which is I think is self-publishing. I mean, it's easy to give your product, your manuscript to someone else and have them um, put it together for you, design the cover. Um, You have to, of course, pay for marketing and promotion, it's easy for to have someone just take it and, you know, create that book for you. And then, you know, of course, you get the chance to approve it or not. But I wanted complete control because I didn't want anyone to say, you know, I, I don't think you should have worded that poem this way. It, that's the way it came out. And I didn't change. I changed very 
few um, words in, in my poems because I wanted to express them exactly the way it came out of my head. These poems came to me in the middle of the night. They woke me up in the middle of the night, and I had to rush to get a piece of paper to write them all down. And unfortunately, I missed a whole lot of them because I couldn't write fast enough. So I know they should be said a certain way. I want people to hear the poems like I hear them in my head. So I, I, in addition to the book I've written, I put together a CD. And so I have 16 selected poems on CD to music. And I'm speaking the poetry because I know I hear it a certain way, and I want others to hear that what I'm hearing as well, but I didn't want my words changed, so I decided self-publishing was the way to do it. I have 100% control. You have to, of course, do all the lead lead work, advertising. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly advertising, marketing, promoting. Um, You know, I work through the weekday, Monday through Friday, and on weekends I'm out there attending events, promoting my book, talking to people, networking. These are the things that I enjoy. It's not work to me. Work is going to the job Monday through Friday. But actually doing this, my business is not work to me. I, this is something I enjoy. My friends and family say that to me. They say, don't you get tired? I say, how can you get tired of something that you truly enjoy? And so you, you put in the extra hours, you do the extra stuff, because you know I think what I have to say and what's in my book will make a difference to others. Um, I have a poem in the very front of the book. It's called Give Up. And that mm. was my favorite poem in the entire book, and I put it in the very front because I wanted people to read that one right away. And it's not about giving up in life. It's about, of course, pursuing your dreams, aspirations, and things in life. And that one in particular I put on CD, but that one in particular I, I've said in many of my performances, and I've gotten so much great response from it. And it says, you know, it's about that old saying, never give up. So I start that way. I say the poem is called Give Up. Mm-hmm. It's, it starts with never give up, no matter how long it takes. Never give up, or you will get that special break. Break into your dreams and destiny with full force. Navigate your move and take the right course. Never give up. Go after it with drive passion and a strong hold for you will reach your desired goal take your dreams and make of it what you want don't wait for someone else to get in front mm. motivate yourself while others will not for you are just about to get that spot a place in history held just for you they'll talk about you like oprah still trying to get a clue never ever give up on you. I like that poem in particular. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So, I loved it. Wow. And that's you, my only, favorite of all wow, the poems Wow. Not only reading it, but, I mean, the words, but the way you read it. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. Well, that's that why I say really I have to do what I'm doing, and I'm hopefully it'll make a difference. Yes. In somebody's you, life, maybe it'll make a difference, but I have to do what I'm doing, and I enjoy it as well. Yeah, that was very encouraging even for me, so I can tell you it made a difference there. I, have you ever watched on TV One, there's a um, there's a show where people read their, like their poems out loud, and it's very expressive. I, I can't think of the name of it. It comes on TV One. I, I can't think of the name of it. I don't know if you watched TV One. I was going to suggest to you maybe to um, 
put in a, 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 I don't know how you would apply to get on that show, but that could give you even more exposure since you since you read your poems. Well, and and if you watched it, you could see how incredibly expressive those poems really? are when they read. Oh, oh, when they read their poems, they are amazingly expressive. And I mean, they t- you're expressive. You're mm-hmm. expressive reading your poem. I mean, they turn it up uh, way up. And I'm not that's what they that's what they do and so you you could on that show that they probably pulling in several hundred thousand viewers mm-hmm. or several million to be on that show so that would be amazing exposure for you but if i think yeah, of the name, of, think of the name of the show I know TV, yeah it's on tv one it's on okay. tv one and i don't know if you can maybe go on the internet and look it up and i forget the name of it but if i come across it i'll let you know I, it is poetry cuz you said you've got novels you do all different types of writing is poetry your favorite form of writing um i wouldn't say poetry is my favorite it it is one of my um one of my favorite but i like i said i'm a storyteller so the poems there's a story behind every poem in my book and what I've decided to do, I have about 80, maybe 90 poems in my book. Every poem will be a book. And I know the story of every poem. Wow. That that poem, Give Up, will be a book, Give Up. I have several of the poems. I have another poem I really like called, well, the book is named My Dream. So, of course, there's, there's going to, there's an entire story about my dream and how that poem came to be. And that's why I named the book My Dream. But in a nutshell, this has been a dream of mine to write, to write my own book, to become a writer, to become a well-known writer, to speak and and teach others and share others what I've learned in life. I mean, it's all part of the whole big, you know. I, I, and most people have a five-year plan, while well, I have a ten to fifteen-year plan. <laughs> but um, it's there's a story behind every poem. So the poems are just the beginning. I'm just going to have a poetry books. Uh, collection. It'll be the two books as well as the CD, and then I'm going on to read to write um, short stories and novels because wow. these poems have to be told. The stories have to be told, wow. and so I feel so strongly about that. So I, I, that's what I'm doing next. So oh it's just the beginning of what a lot of that I plan to do, and a lot that I think will happen. Yeah, and just as you go forward, this popped into my mind. Um, when it comes to marketing, even if you go through a traditional publisher these days, mm-hmm. as a writer, you generally have to do all the marketing. They, they'll yeah. do a little bit, but generally you kind of out there on your own. I know some friends who've gone through. Tra- I don't know why something was urging me, encouraging me to tell you that, but I've had friends who've gone through traditional publishers, and they said they would self-publish the next time because you end up doing all that legwork yourself anyway. But mm-hmm. going through a traditional publisher certainly saves you. They get they have a larger distribution. They have relationships with bookstores and libraries and stuff that that it take a self publisher maybe years to to develop. They have that distribution, and then you don't have to pay the printing and all that type of stuff. They'll do that for you. But the marketing is still pretty much in the writer's lap. <laughs> what what <laughs> exactly? What? And I think it was Michael Bazin who self published his first um, yes. book, the mate. I think it was the maintenance. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. The maintenance man. He said the same, well, publishers would not accept his book. That's why he self-published. Um, but, um, you know, it's just, it, it probably will lead to eventually my books being published by them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's another book I want to recommend to to your audience, um, if they're thinking about writing their story or mm-hmm. a, 
is it's a book called uh, the Self Publishing Manual, and it's by Dan Poitier. Yes, that's like the Bible. That's a yes. self publishing book guide Bible. Yes. yes, I recommend it highly. Yes, it tells you step by step how to do it. Oh my it. goodness, yes. And it's it's wonderful. Great resources on where to go. Um, I I tell people, especially about uh, printing your book. Um, some may decide to go to some of these um, printer these places, these companies that will publish your book for you for free, of course, and they'll give you X amount of copies, maybe five or six copies. Um, but I chose to find my own printer, a company that specialized in printing books. And I sat down with the um, representative there, designed the cover and all that, and came up with the pictures. And I was so happy and satisfied with the end product. But the next one will be better because it was a you know it was a first time effort. Mm-hmm. But I I think um, you know the fact that you had more control, and in the end, you you save money in in ordering a larger quantity. The problem with some of these other companies is they only give you X amount of copies of your book, and then if you want to come back for more, you're going to pay a higher price. Yeah. Um, but if you find a printer, design it yourself, and then order, you know, if you can afford it, a certain amount, then in the end you'll come out more in terms of cost. Uh, the, your cost will be lower than going back and having to order more for someone else. Yeah. Um, you know, and the price will go up each time. So, wow, that's not a that's not a good company that raises their prices each time. You would think mm-hmm. their prices would stay the same. You order so many copies, your price the price of the book stays the same. But the short the, the shorter the print run, like with print on demand, generally mm-hmm. the shorter the print run, the more you are going to pay. That's any printer. That's any yeah. printer. The fewer books you get paid, you're going to pay more per book. Uh, 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 but then if you get a whole lot of books, you better be out there hustling so you can sell those books or you're going to have a whole lot of books just sitting in your garage. I wanted to exactly. ask you next, what what kind of subjects do you tackle in my dream? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm glad you asked me that question. Because <laughs> <laughs> I like to tackle subjects of all ranges. I have a poem, and I switched towards the back of my dream, and it's called A Man. And you can guess what that's about. Mm-hmm. But that poem was written um, particularly for women who, you know, they say there's not a, not any good men out there for them, right. right? So I wrote that poem. It's very short, but mm-hmm. called um, A Man. And it, does t- it talks about, in, in general terms, how there is somebody for everyone. Um, and that doesn't mean you have to go looking. When you're not looking, you're not pursuing you may just find that particular person because you're not in a rush to do so. But a man starts out like like um, it's very short, and I'll say it very quickly. But it says, okay, it says you can have a man. The question is, is he someone else's man? Is he a married man? Is he a man in jail? One of the three will prevail. The man in jail, he needs bail. The man that doesn't belong to you doesn't have a clue. The married man, he wants his cake and eat it too. Who's left? Who's left is a man for you. Believe it or not, there is a man that will just hit the right spot. So I'm saying that <laughs> it's a man for everyone. 
it is a man for everyone. Um, but if, when you're looking, pursuing, you're desperate to find, you won't. It's just like anything. When you're looking for a missing pair of shoes, you won't find them. But when you relax and 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 slow down your search, then they'll come. Wow, then you'll amazing? find them all of a sudden. When you're isn't not that looking. amazing? And when you and when we feel the most anxious, that's when we want it. Like now, 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 now. It, it could be anything. It could be a job. Can you imagine being unemployed for a year or something? You yeah. feel more and more anxious. You you don't feel more and more relaxed when you first are unemployed. Maybe you feel relaxed. Then your unemployment mm-hmm. is starting to run out, and you you got your rent or your mortgage to do, and the unemployment doesn't even it's barely nothing anyway. So it doesn't even cover all your bills. But you oh. you feeling more and more stressed. And then it's like you said, trying to find those shoes. It's the, the, you have to relax sometimes and trust. And it's hard to trust when you're like, I've been waiting on this for so long. You telling me to still trust? <laughs> not sure. So it's not as easy. It's easier said than done. But yeah, you still have to stay relaxed and do keep doing other things and stay focused on other things in your life and take time to really relax. And just trust that something good is coming. All the poems in your book, you already told us how they come to you. They came to you while you were sleeping and they woke you up. And some of them mm-hmm. you didn't get down. But are they based on your your personal life experiences? It, they're all based on my personal life experiences. It's like I'm sharing a little piece of me with the world. But that's okay because if it's going to make somebody else's, if you're going to have impact on somebody in a positive way, then that's fine with with me. But, yes, it's all about my experiences in life. Because I was, you know, I was single and looking for a man. Um, I have dreams and aspirations and and, um, things I wanted to do. And it's just so many things. All the poems are about things that have happened to me that I've learned about and learned from. And I know that, you know, I want to share that with, with others just to tell you a little secret, um, not a secret, but how I met my husband, I was not looking for him. I was not interested. <clears throat> I was not interested at all. And at the point where I wasn't interested and I was just trying to take care of me, right. I met him. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now, my dream has been reviewed by the White House, Tom Joyner, Old Magazine, and the Midwest Book Review. What process did you use to get these reviews, and what types well, what of reviews? what was very interesting was that we were given opportunity, my family was given opportunity to meet President Obama in person. And um, we met him at an event at the White House. We're a military family, and they were giving, they were holding special events for military families, and we were invited. And President Obama, I just can't tell you how much of a, wonderful person he is in person, to meet him, to speak with him, to shake his hand. And as he was going around shaking everyone's hand and, you know, acknowledging your presence, I took that opportunity just to tell him, not only did I write a book of poems, but the, uh, I think it's poem number 20, it's called Moment, that was written for President Obama. Wow. And so I asked him, you know, could I send him my book? And he said, yes send him my book, and I did, and and he was very pleased with it. Um, I won't read moment, but it's it's about it's, this is his special moment in time in in life to do what he's doing. Um, with Tom Joyner, it's very interesting. Tom Joyner took the time not only to accept my book. I just sent him my book as a 
reviewer to review it and and, um, comment on it. And he took the time, he stopped whatever he was doing, took the time, wrote me a personal message in his own to say, Sharon, he used my first name, you know, and and I posted that on my website because I wanted others to see that he took the time to even acknowledge that he received it. He took the time to look at it, and he wished me the very best with it. And same with O Magazine. They wrote me a personal handwritten note when they received my book and said, your friends at O Magazine, you know, have looked at it and wish you the very best. Now, what Midwest um, Reviewer did was they honed in in one, on one particular poem. I think it's towards the back of the book. It's called Don't Care. Mm-hmm. We all are, you know, we get to that point where we don't care. And I was expressing my despair in that moment of don't care. Anyway, mm-hmm. they liked that. They liked that poem in particular, and they reviewed the book and commented on what they thought that the book as a whole was good and would motivate others to do, you know, better in life. Mm-hmm. And um, that that poem in particular that they liked, it's, it's again, it's posted on my website. So wow. I, I okay. I put myself out there, and I figured I had nothing to lose. Yeah. And I just sent it out to... Uh, various book reviewers, and I got a you know a lot of positive response back. So I've you know I've been given um, a lot of good support and a lot of positive, more than negative. I've been given a lot of the positive. So I just you know feed on that energy and I keep going. Yeah, you know, and that's good. I'm glad you pointed that out. I, years ago, I interviewed a, another best-selling writer, and I asked her, "Do you ever get negative reviews?" And she said, "Oh my goodness." <laughs> she said, and this is a best-selling author. She said, yeah, there's no author. You think about J.K. Rowling. There were people who were telling people don't read her books and this and the other. There's, there's nobody doing anything that's going to get all positive. So I, I don't encourage people to to go into business or writing or the arts, any of the creatives, thinking that you're going to get all thumbs up. There's going to be people who will just tell you, I can't stand it, it's no good. And then there will be people who tell you that they love it. I think you, the important thing is just to reach the people who you're, you're meant to reach and, yeah. and just in the spirit of take care of that, to do that, and, and, and don't get so caught up on some of the negative comments you get because I don't know any artist who doesn't get a combination of both. Who, who did you work with to create the audio version of My Dream, and how involved were you in the process of creating the audio version of my dream well you know the audio version of my dream i really really enjoyed because i had never really been in a um um a music studio before and i actually went into the studio there's a picture posted on my website of me recording my dream not the video but it's just the picture but it was a great such a great experience i'd never been in a recording studio before and the guy that I worked for, the name of the studio, it's a local production company here called uh, Blue House Productions, and they're okay. here in Silver Spring, Maryland. And um, it's it's run by a small group of young guys, and I'm telling you, they went out of their way to help me, um, being I was a novice. And um, and anyway, it, it, I was told that my voice was made for recording. I went I went through a period of picking out the music for the poems because, like I said, the music and words were in my head because I knew what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. I couldn't express that to them. You know, so as we were looking through the music, and then I went home and I looked through all kinds of music. I didn't want anything too fast, too slow, too hip-hoppy. Anyway, I think what I picked out was the, was perfect. Anyway, when I got into the studio, 
the production guys agreed, and they were able to um, use my music, and I bought the music. <laughs> you know, when I was looking for music, you had to buy it. You just okay. can't anybody's music. Right. You have to be very careful about copyright. Copyright, yep. If you use someone's music, you have to buy it or give their permission. Yes. Extremely important to know that. So once I got that taken care of, um, it was just combining the music with the words in studio. And I tell you, it was one of the best experiences I've had. I came out of the and I was there for, we spent a couple of days uh, on a, you know, three to four hours mm-hmm. recording the first half of, the, of my book. And, again, it's only 16 poems. So, you know, we've maybe covered eight and then the other eight. But you couldn't put every, you couldn't you can't put 90 poems on a CD, unfortunately. So you had to pick out the best. And, like I said, these guys were professionals. They knew what they were doing, and they were able to work with someone like me who was a novice. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing it again. Wow. I am. I really am. I was like, yeah. oh, this yeah. is such uh, a great experience. Yeah. I, you... What's interesting is that you would think that more men or more women would buy my book because a lot of the poems are really written for women. I get lots of men buying my book, and wow. I get buying the CD as well. Okay. I wanted to ask you next. Now, I can tell in your voice that that experience of making an audio book was a pleasant one. How has having the audio version of my dream, because there, there are more publishers who are coming out with audio versions of books, just like we have e-books, there's more different ways for people to enjoy the same story. But how has having the audio version of my dream, how has that complemented the print version of your book? Yeah, it really has. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. Some people just want the book. They just, you know, I'll say, well, you can drive in your car and put the CD in and listen to it as well. And they haven't heard the CD. They just want the book. They want something in their hand they can read. And the great thing about my book is that you can read it within a two-hour period and mm-hmm. be touched by one of these poems. Right. It's not going to take up a whole lot of your time, but mm-hmm. you're going to be glad that you took the time to just read these poems. And the audio has really complimented, I think it's complimented the book because, like I said, I heard the music and the words in my head, and when we finished the CD, you could you could uh, just see how I was just so happy about it. And for days I walked around with a smile on my face because I finally got what was out of my head on in, in a music CD. And I listen to it a lot of times when I'm coming home from work and, I don't want to hear about the news and the things that are on the radio. I will just pop in my own CD. It helps okay. me. <laughs> it helps me wind down. <laughs> okay. That's a good thing, enjoying your own work. That's a good thing. Ha- has the process of writing, we've talked a little bit about this, has the process of writing, publishing, and marketing a book, and I love to ask this question to creatives, has it been similar to what you thought it would be like before you published my dream, and if mm-hmm. not, how how has it been different? Oh, it was very very difficult, um, <laughs> and I don't and I don't want to sugarcoat it. It's a major endeavor. It it takes endurance, and no, because I was new at it, I didn't know certain things. Now I know them, and that's mm-hmm. why I'm I'm anxious to share some of these things with people as they take the journey themselves. But no, it's it, it's hard work. You have, and the difficult part of it is, is that there's no one out there 
telling you and you you know other writers and other authors telling you this is what you should do I didn't have that I had to get it from a book or try to network it with others or even make the error myself and realize oh I'm, I shouldn't have done that that wasn't cool but it's been one of the most difficult journeys but the end product is great is wonderful and the thing about it is that now that I know I can produce the second one and and, and know that mm-hmm. it won't be as hard as the first. <laughs> now, did you read the the uh, Dan Poitner's self-publishing guide book before you wrote uh, My Dream, or did you read that after you had already published the book? I, I wrote it after I published. Um, no, I'm sorry. I wrote it after the the poems were came to me, and I wrote the manuscript. So after the poems came to me, then I was looking for guidance and direction, and I found it. Oh, okay. So before you publish the book, you actually that which is good, rather yeah. than to, to do. And we all, you know, I'm still learning by trial and error, and I've been out here doing this for over 30 years. I think we mm-hmm. all, and then to, as technology changes, we learn things. Can you tell us? I want to. I want to remember to do this at least twice. Can you tell our off the shelf listeners where they can purchase copies of your book, My Dream? Can you give us your website URL and let us know some of the social media networks you're on? Okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm, you can easily get my book and order my book and find out the details on how to order it by going to www.sclarksonbooks, all one word, dot com, sclarksonbooks.com. And there I have posted all of my book signings, any book reviews. Um, I've been to a couple of celebrity book signings just to see how they go. I went to Barry, um, Harry Belafonte's book signing here when he came to the Washington, D.C. area. And I, I keep a history of everything that I'm doing out there. I send out a newsletter once a month to all those that are on my distribution list. Um, I have a, actually I have a web commercial for my dream, and it's a, it's an it's a video audio of my dream. I'm not in it, you know. There's other people talking about my dream and what it will do for you, but it's a great advertisement as well as on the website. And then there's an audio of me speaking. Um, the Give Up poem is the one that I did earlier. You can always you always contact me by sending me an email. It's uh, S. Um, w. Clarkson at earthlink.net. That's on the website. And my telephone number is there as well if you want to contact me directly. Um, but the book is only $10. I make it, I priced it so that it, it's at a reasonable price. Most people can afford that. I didn't want to make it out of range for, you know, because we're in tough times, right. range for the average person to purchase. The CD is only $5. If you get wow. Mm-hmm, so it's affordable. And um, so no excuse not to go out and check me out and, and, and get a copy. Now, is it available, books or your any book and audio book or one, one, either or, at places like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, et cetera? Are they are they available, or, or should 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 off the shelf listeners only go to S Clarkson Books? And I want to spell it S C L A R K S O N B O O K S dot com. S Clarkson Books dot com is that the only place that the, our listeners can get a copy of your books, or are they available? Again, are they available in bookstores? Are they available at Amazon? Are they available at Barnes and Noble, et cetera? Um, they're right now. They're only available via the website. I'm working on getting them on Amazon and, and Barnes, Barnes and Noble. Right now, no, you can't get, walk into a bookstore and get the copy. But you can certainly walk into the bookstore and ask them 
if they carry it and can they carry it. Mm-hmm. I've had several of my um, friends and colleagues go in and ask for my book, and, and that's one way of generating the bookstore's interest. But right yeah. now, you get it from my website. Yeah, and then just as a tip, uh, you might want to try to get in with Ingram. I don't know if they're still uh, doing self-published authors, but they have mm-hmm. they have subdivisions at their company. I think Lightning Source is one, if I'm thinking mm-hmm. correctly, where you can get – then then they'll uh, go out, take bookstore orders, and they'll contact you with a, a, to say, like, send us 50 copies of your book, and they'll get them out to the bookstores. And also um, – Baker and Taylor. Baker and Taylor services mainly libraries, and I know they do take on self-published authors. Okay. I, I think they still do. So, Baker and Taylor, Ingram, Ingram's in Tennessee. I think they're in Laverne, Tennessee, but they're on the internet. Ingram, uh, Ingram Books is big for bookstores. Uh, Baker and Taylor again, libraries. Broad Art, B R O D A R T, is another book distributor that you might want to reach out to. So those those three, I would I would recommend. Um, you reaching out to, and then I'm myself trying to find more book buyers at schools and whatnot, because that's another market you can uh, try to get into. Uh, if you find a school book buyer mm-hmm. distribution list and military book buyers, um, mm-hmm. those are other places you can get into and get more sales for your books. Um, Thank you for that. You're very welcome. I wanted to ask you next, um, what are readers telling you? Mm-hmm. About my dream, we we spoke a little bit about this as we come down to the last eleven minutes of the day show. What are you mm-hmm. hearing from individual readers, not so much of book reviewers, but individual readers? What are they telling you about my dream? A lot of people are telling me that um, once they read the book, they're inspired, and they want to. What they've done is they pass it on to their relative, friend, or family member, and that person have read it and said, "Oh, this is great! This is wonderful!" They want to know more about. Um, me and they want to know when the next book is coming out because they want to hear more love wow. poems. They want to hear more spiritual poems. They want to hear more in, inspirational and motivational poems. It, it's really that book, my dream, is really a love story because it starts out with love poems, but it's a love story that will inspire you to do whatever you're going to do in life. And um, that's what my, that's what the readers are telling me. They want more. They want me to come out with a second book. This one was only 80 to 90 poems. The second book is going to be 200 poems. Wow. When you know, that old saying, God give us and take us away. So those poems that I didn't write down, well, they're lost forever. But God sent me some new ones. And I have a manuscript of 200 new poems. I just have to get it printed up, published in, you know, in a place where it has can be marketed. But that's the second book. And um, that's what my readers say. When are you coming out with the second book? We want to wow. see more. We want to hear more. We like the first one. Wow, but that's, that's not good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, and then and then the fact that you have the newsletter is good. If you if if you're not because it's free to get on, I would recommend also getting on Facebook and maybe creating a page just for your 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 publishing your books. Mm-hmm. But I that that's good for to me on Facebook. I have a page for love pour over me. But people generally only come in there every now and then. Mm-hmm. I also recommend an author have their own page on Facebook with their mm-hmm. friends, and you grow your friends and stuff. And they, people tend to keep up, I think, more with what you're doing that way. And then mm-hmm. also um, getting on Twitter, mm-hmm. getting on Twitter, uh, uh, and LinkedIn. I got to tell you, Facebook and LinkedIn and Floost, F L O O S T. That's a new one. It's in beta right now. 
They pull in a lot of I pull in a lot of traffic through Floost F L O O S T dot com, LinkedIn and Facebook. That's where I get most of my traffic. I have heard a lot of authors say though, they get a lot of book sales through Twitter, but you have to work it really hard. And I've heard people say that. I, I, I get I get people that pull into my blog and whatnot through Twitter, but not a whole lot. Facebook, LinkedIn, and uh, Floost are like the top for me. And then okay. also, um, it was something else I was I wanted to tell you that you might find helpful. Oh, Goodreads, and that's for any author, and that's free to join. You might find, I would recommend setting up, going over to Goodreads, getting you an account over there at Tree. All those that I named to you are just completely free. But okay. putting you know covers cover your book up, links to your website, letting people mm-hmm. know about your audio book, et cetera, et cetera. That's another way to connect with larger audience and to stay in touch with people and to keep your audience in touch with you. I highly recommend those. When I started publishing, those social networks didn't even exist. What? Oh. what? Yeah, but they, and and they're really good to be on. I, I have pulled in traffic and sales through those I, I have and through my newsletter. What do your family members think about having an author in the family? I'm like, how exciting. They must be proud of you. What, what do your family think about having an author in the family? And are you the first author in your family? I think so. I, I, I think I'm the first one because, like I said, I was a storyteller. I'm the historian. I know all those stories about the family members, and I'm the one that does research on on family members. So I, they are very proud of me. Um, my father, he's my number one fan, and he supports me in everything that I do. He always he tries his best to show up at any type of event that I hold. Wow. Us. He's on um he's on my email list, and he's constantly on my website, you know, telling me things I could do better. Um, my mother as well. She was a little slow to come around, but now she's up there with him. They both cheering me on. You know, they were. I think she was a bit afraid, but now she's like, go for it, honey. That's what you, and I told her, I said, That's, this is what I really, truly enjoy. It, it, wow. it gives me pleasure, <laughs> you know. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And now she's like, go, honey, go for it. Um, I'm right there. She said she wants to be there in, in the first seat in the front row when I get, you know, on the New York Times bestseller list. She wants to be there at the award ceremony. She wants, you know, so she's. My parents are big supporters of, of me, and they have um, continued to give me encouragement every step of the way. So when I get, you know, negative comments, um, you know, I have I have a good network of people who say, you know, don't worry about it, just just keep keep at it. Yes, yes, yes. And then I wanted another tip that just came to me as I'm looking at a few of the questions that I wanted to ask you as we have about five more minutes left before the show wraps up. Uh, being that you work at a college, the College of Southern Maryland, I would also recommend that you find out at that school um, who, who the book buyer is and, and, and try to get your book in the school. And also ask them if they have a directory of book buyers for colleges and library, not only college bookstores, but libraries. They mm-hmm. might not give you access to it. But if they if they had one and if they say they can't give you access to it, Maybe you could just ask them, do you know how I can get access to it? Do you know how I can get access? If you can't give me access, I understand. But do you know how I can get access to it? And then you can either email, put together some type of a proposal that you can send to, uh, I mean, a lot of different schools to try to get your books in school. But being that you work at a college, 
Mm-hmm. There's got to be some connect you could have right there at the school. They have to order books. You can find out who their book buyer is and then sit down and talk to them and ask them if they have a directory for okay. colleges around the, around the country for libraries and bookstores. And if they say they can't give it to you, you can ask them, well, do you know where I can get it? Mm-hmm. And then see if they'll help you out there. Um, That's a suggestion. That's a great suggestion. Mm-hmm. What did you learn about yourself while you were creating your books that you didn't know before you sat down to write them? Well, um, I learned that I get energy from speaking in front of other people. Okay. Uh, I, because I'm my personality is one of an introverted person, reserved and the quiet time, type. But when I get in front of a large audience of people and I'm speaking about my book or my CD or me as a writer, mm-hmm. energized by the audience, I just um, turn into a different person. Wow. And, um, I found out I like that person. It, that person is sociable. It's, that person is extroverted. That person is personable. And people like that person. And so I found that there's parts of me that can still be developed at my age, and, you know, I can enjoy the, the good the good things in life that I really want to enjoy. I, you know, I've decided not to delay the benefit of going and reaching for your dreams. I'm not going to put it on hold any longer. Because wow. you don't know the time, the hour, and the day when wow. you may no longer be here. So wow. you do what you can while you're here. You can't sit around and wait and say, well, in year 2020, project, you got to do it now. Now is the time. Don't waste another second. Wow. Don't waste a moment. Don't, waste a, don't hesitate because somebody say you cannot. Just go and do it. Wow. You know what? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Now is all we have. It's an illusion and it's a lie that mm-hmm. the, we, we don't have to pass. It's dead. It's gone. So you have to forgive yourself for any mistakes you made or any opportunities you might have missed. It passes. It's gone. And the, and the tomorrow is a day that never even gets here. So the only thing that we have is now. So like you said, you better do it now. You better do it now if there's something you want to do. You better get it going now. I have so enjoyed today's show where we have been talking to our off-the-shelf listeners with Sharon Clarkson. Again, she's the author of the book, My Dream. And she uh, she she's, she works full-time as a, in information technology, and she teaches at the College of Southern Maryland. And she teaches, of course, some of the offers tips on shortcuts to getting a job as far as as well as teaching about information technology for those of you in the area who might want to take a class of hers. Again, the author of My Dream. And you can check Sharon out online at sclarksonbooks.com, and that's S-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N-B-O-O-K-S.com. My Dream is $10, her audio book, and she said that was a wonderful experience. Is only $5. Imagine that. And and you heard her read, so you know that she's a good reader, so her audio book will definitely be a good treat. Her reading with accompanied by music, you can't beat that. Again, Sharon Clarkson, author of My Dream, website, sclarksonbooks.com. Hopefully she'll be getting on some social media networks soon, and she'll post those on her website. You can keep up with her. You can go over and subscribe to her newsletter now, and that way you can keep up with her book signings and her readings, and she is an effective reader, even as you follow her career, as she's working on her second book of poems, which she said will be about 200 poems. So look for that. Again, My Dream, Sharon Clarkson, S. Clarkson Books. Dot com. I encourage you to go over there and visit today, and you can purchase her books right there. 
her book and her audio book, her print book and her audio book, right there at our website. Sharon, thank you so much for being here with us today. And to our listeners, please go out and get a copy of Love Pour Over Me. Love Pour Over Me. That's my new book. Get a copy today. I would love it. You, It's going to give you so much, so many treats for you, so many so much motivation, life lessons, and some that you might that might be just where you're going to get a, a tremendous relationship or life lesson when you pick up and read Love Pour Over Me. But the main thing you're going to get out of it is wonderful and absolute entertainment. So you can head over to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Google, Google, Google Books, iTunes, and pick up a copy of Love Pour Over Me. Thank you for being here with us. Sharon, thank you so much. You were such a joy. I truly enjoyed connecting with you this morning. Thank you so, very much. So so thank you. And to our listeners, as I always tell you, we'll be back next Saturday. And I'll also be at Promo Day. You can look it up on the Internet. Joe Lindell is pulling that event together. Going to be a lot of folks over there, marketing folks, PR, publicists, editors, publishers, authors. You're going to, it's free promo day when I'm going to be giving away some radio interview marketing tips and after doing this for probably over maybe a decade I'm going to be sharing a wealth of tips with folks and again it's all free promo day next Saturday May the 19th on the internet as I always tell you remember you're so truly valued and so incredibly blessed go out and create a fabulous day for yourself see you back here at off the shelf next Saturday at 11 o'clock Bye for now. Go support Sharon Clarkson. Thank you. Sharon, I'll shoot you an email. Thank you.